Amen. Well, I want to say, my wife said that to me this week, that this is going to be the year of Jordan. And I was like, the year of Michael Jordan? <laughs> so I was glad to hear the rest of the explanation. <laughs> but I was like, this is going to be the year of Psalm 23. Amen? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. So that is going to be something I challenge you to pray into. Let it be a year of Psalm 23. Right? And we live in a world where there is such a narcissistic spirit, right? So I don't want you, we can easily get into this. It's a me, 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 me. It starts with surrender, and then God shows up, and you become the best you that you could ever be. But it continues as it's a life of surrender. It's a life of dedication. It's a life of obedience, a life of following the shepherd. Amen? Psalm 23, the year of Psalm 23, and Michael Jordan. So... (laughs) The title for today is Put On the New You. And I kind of did a little wordplay here. I put the new, the K-N-E-W. The English language is weird like that. (laughs) The new you. The one that is known by God. Amen? So put on the new you. Because like I said, most of us have failed to keep our New Year's resolutions through the rest of this year. Or through the rest of this week. But Ephesians chapter 4. Let's get into this. Verses 17 through 24. And then I'm going to kind of get some of this and tear it apart here for us. But this I say to you, therefore, and I testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in futility of mind, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. Somebody say the life of God. Because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts, who being past feeling, somebody say numb, having given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have learned, if you've heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Who's the truth in? Amen. Put that you put off concerning your formal conduct, the old person which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed where? in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man. Somebody say, put on the new person. Put on the new person, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen? Amen. Is that not powerful? A lot of stuff that we hear in this scriptures, I want to I point out first the futility of mind, or you could say the emptiness or the uselessness of the mind. Did you notice that at the beginning where Paul was saying, don't walk like the rest of the Gentiles. And if you can remember, the Jewish people needed a sign. They want a sign. The Gentiles wanted knowledge. And he was saying that your futility of mind, the uselessness, the emptiness, this mindset is the five, there's five traits that were talked about here that talk about a worldly walk. And maybe we find ourselves feeling these sometimes because can I tell you, we live in a fallen world, right? And we are born into this world in sin, the word of God tells us. And because of that, we are still tempted. And the thing that I, you know, when I was an earlier Christian, I used to, I used to kind of buy into the thought that, well, if you were a real Christian, you wouldn't feel these things. Has anybody ever thought that? That's a lie straight from hell. You live in a fallen world and you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you the enemy wants to do nothing more than to distract you and get you into that useless mindset? You're in a fallen world, and that's why those thoughts come through your mind. You're being tempted. 
So maybe you've found yourself even being tempted to this, or maybe you even find yourself sitting here today. This is the list that when you evaluate your life, you're like, whoa, this is me. I need some help. But this emptiness or this uselessness of the mind, this person understanding is darkened, right? Pastor Phil talked about this a few weeks ago. Whenever you see people making politics and policies that just don't make any sense, you're like, where is this coming from? Their understanding is darkened. This person is alienated from the life of God. Going to church on Sundays doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't you just work another day? You can make more money. How's that work for you? Chick-fil-A's blowing it up and they're closed on Sundays. What's that mindset? Who knew, God? This person is ignorant of God's ways. Of course, we've all heard that one too. You're a Christian? This person has a blind heart or a hardened heart. This person is past feeling, doesn't even care anymore. I, you know... The thing, here's how I know that we're, we're born into sin. I never had to teach my kids to throw a fit. <laughs> I got to constantly teach them to do what's right and to give them the board of education to the seat of understanding. That's what my dad used to tell me. <laughs> what are you going to get it? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't have to teach them to do the wrong thing. They just knew it. Because we're born into a world that has fallen. We're born into sin. And you know what? When my kids say, I just don't care anymore, I'm like, right? I just don't care. What's happened, though, in this world is people are just past feeling. And the thing that happens is it becomes a slippery slope where people just start numbing themselves with addiction to substance because they're just trying to feel. People will do things. I've seen it. I've been a children's pastor for years. My parents were educators. People will, kids will just try to do stuff to feel pain because they're not feeling anything. We live in a fallen world. What we see happening here in these scriptures is the old you versus the new you, right? The old person, the person that's separated from God, there's no hope in that place. When there's separation versus the new you, we see here that the contrast of lifestyle dominated by a spirit of disobedience, right? I told you I didn't have to teach my kids to throw a fit. I didn't say, hey, kids, you know, you're going to need to know this really early on. When you need to get mommy and dad's attention, like, I know you're not really understanding me right now, but this is somehow I know it's sinking in. You're going to, like, wail at the top of your lung, right, in the middle of the night because you're either you've gone to the bathroom or you're really hungry. I didn't have to teach him that. I didn't have to teach Abby or River how to pick on each other. <laughs> like, if you really want to get your sister upset, just kind of give her that glare, you know? I had three, I had, I'm one of three siblings, so I knew how to get my siblings' attention. We couldn't, you know, my mom one day, it got so bad, she had told us to stop egging each other on and instigating things that she said, you need to sit in the kitchen chairs until your father gets home. I was afraid of my mom, but I was deathly afraid of my dad. So, of course, she turns her back, and she begins to prepare dinner again that we had interrupted her in. We were probably doing something we should have been doing. And, of course, behind her back, parents, you know this, we start doing it again. And this, it's silent now. You know, we're not saying anything. But, oh, we're, I mean, the chairs are scooting, and, I mean, we're trying to, it's silent, though. And she turned around, and she said, that's it? And she duct taped us to the chairs (laughs) till my dad got home. Nobody taught me how to be disobedient. 
the old you versus the new you. What we see here is a spirit of disobedience is what you're being controlled by. And don't rebuke your kid. In the name of Jesus, I call that unclean spirit to come out of you. Don't do that in front of your kids. But do that on your knees. I mean, the other day I was like, disobedience in Jesus' name, go! <laughs> Listen to me. That was what was happening in my head. Of course, I'm like, yes, kids. We need to get our breakfast and get out the door. School is definitely the time where this is tested the most. Parents, can you say amen? We're, we're trying to make it on time here, kids. Do I care more than you? <laughs> Be praying for us. <laughs> Teachers, we're praying for you. <laughs> this comparison is with the believer's new created capacity to a life of obedience by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Surrender. The old you versus the new you. So point number one, I want you to write this down. You must be born again. Okay, there's no better way to start 2023. If you don't know Jesus Christ, today's your day, right? Today is your day to become a child of God. Point number one, you must be born again. Born again, what does that mean? Well, in John 3, 16, we know the verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. We know that we, many of us have memorized that as a kid. But before that, what happens is there's a conversation that Jesus has with a man by the name of Nicodemus. Somebody say Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jewish people. He knew religion. He knew the, he knew the Torah. He knew God's word. He knew all this stuff. And he came to Jesus by night. And he said, teacher, rabbi, we see that you must be from God because of these signs. You must be from God. There's something unique about you. And Jesus said, no one can enter the kingdom of God but without being born again. No one can enter the kingdom of God. No one can understand the things of God unless you are born again. That word born again actually means to be born from above. Somebody say from above. Because we all have had a heavenly birth. You're all here today. You're alive, looking great, right? You have a birthday, but you have to be born again from above into the kingdom of God. And at that moment, what happens is you can see and you can understand, you can experience the goodness of God. Apart from that, you're still kind of in the dark trying to figure things out. Amen? As humans, we want to understand, we want to see, we want to feel, we want to touch, we want to taste, we want to know all of the facts before we make a decision, right? God said, it's not going to happen that way. You've got to believe, you've got to step out in faith. And at that point, when you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, save me. I am a sinner going in the wrong direction. Somebody say, that's repentance. That's repentance. Sin is a word that's an archery term that means to miss the mark. Why do you need to be born again? Because you were headed into this life on the trajectory to a bullseye that you could never hit to be a child of God. But by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the cross that we were singing minutes ago, the power of the cross, the resurrection, the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ has made a way for you to hit that mark. The expectation that is for your life is to be a child of God. And the only way you can do it is by Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit. I, River was... We, he loves to go to Pennsylvania because when we're there, he can run around, he can ride four wheelers, he can shoot guns. And the first time he shot a gun, my dad put his hands over his and he leaned in and he helped him to hit the target. The same thing that our father has done is he puts himself over you. He puts his hands over you as a child and he allows you to hit 
the target of expectation for your life. You must be born again. Amen? Amen. Somebody say, I must be born again. John 3, 34 and 36 says, whoever commits sin is a slave to it. How many of you have been stuck in that thing that you wanted to get out of? You may be sitting in that place today. I was in that place. There were sins in my life that I could not get victory over until I finally said, Jesus Christ, help me. Help me. I was trying to hit the target with everything that I had. The expectation. You know what the law, the law, the Ten Commandments are for? We've all broken them, right? We've all told a lie. We've all dishonored our parents, right? Got duct taped to some chairs. And my, listen, my mom and dad are amazing parents. Stuff like that would get them arrested, but they, they truly loved us. We had an amazing childhood, right? Just the things that happen at home, we stay at home. We keep it at home, right? No. My parents are amazing. But we've all told a lie. If you've broken one part of the law, guess what you've done? You've broken the law. You, you're a slave to it. You can't get out of it. You're in bondage. But look what happens. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides for how long? Forever. Remember that movie? For, yeah, that's it. That, that, that long. Therefore, if the son, the capital S, Jesus Christ, the son of God, our Messiah, our Savior, if the son sets you free, what are you? Free indeed. But I will tell you, the enemy will do everything he can to get those handcuffs back on you. Don't let him in the name of Jesus Christ. And we're going to have a minute here at the end of the service to pray with you. If this is you, if this is hitting you at, in uh, your heart today, we want to be here with you and believe for salvation. Second uh, Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the person, that man, that woman is a new creation. Somebody say new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Pastor Phil said when he got saved, he had to look in the mirror because he thought he may have gotten more handsome. <laughs> he said something was new. I got saved as an eight-year-old boy. I remember sitting around a campfire. They were talking about, the, it was at a, a camp, and the, the person who was speaking said, look, hell's hotter than that fire. And I'm like, well, I don't want to jump in that fire, let alone I don't want to spend eternity in a place that's hotter than that fire. So Jesus, I need you. Something is made new when you become a follower of Jesus Christ. The old is dead. That's, listen, baptism doesn't save you. Baptism in water does not save you. It's Jesus Christ who has saved you in your confession. When you speak, Jesus Christ, you're my Lord, you're my Savior, because your heart has had an understanding and a revelation. It's at that moment that you are saved. The person in the desert where there's no water, guess what? He or she is saved. It's baptism that's a symbol of obedience. I'm dying to the old me. Under the water. And I'm coming up as the new me to run after Jesus Christ and hit the bullseye. Amen? Let's give God some glory. You must be born again. This love is called agape love. For God so loved the world. We love as human beings with conditions. Right? If you love me, and then you're saying, well, then you're going to pay back. We love with feelings. We love with all of these strings attached. God loved and expected nothing in return. Do you hear me? This word agape love does not exist anywhere outside of the scriptures and the New Testament church truly functioning in Jesus' name. Amen? Agape love. For God so loved, he gave and didn't expect anything back from you in return. He left it with you, free will. The thing is, when you come and say, Jesus, I love you, and I give you my life, that's called fellowship. Now you've invited 
the Holy Spirit to come into your life. And now there's fellowship with the Father and the Son in Jesus' name. Amen? You must be born again. This means to be reconciled unto God. That is God putting relationship with humanity back together again. Reconciliation. Somebody say reconciliation. This call about being born again is point number one, is a call to sonship, to being a child of God. Put on the sonship of Jesus Christ. Amen? Point number two, progress in maturity. Move forward. Maybe you're a person that you've been saved for years, for decades, for months, for days. Continue to move forward in maturity. Paul talked about, in 1 Corinthians, the carnal Christian and the spiritual Christian. He said, I wish I could talk to you about the more mature things. I wish I could talk to you about the deeper doctrines and the deeper things of God, but I've got to return again to the shallow things, the milk things. You should be eating meat, but you're still drinking from the bottle, right? Who wants to be a decades-old Christian and spiritually, they're still nursing? Gross! I'm sure God's like, come on, grow up, some of you. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Now, still abide. Still, he's saying you're still carnal. For where there is envy and strive and divisions there among you, these are signs of being carnal, but progress forward, put on. Somebody say, put on. Put on. Maturity, maturity in Christ Jesus. Put on. Maturity in Christ Jesus. You can say it with me. Put on. <laughs> maturity in Christ Jesus. Jesus said, if you so love me, in John 14, you will follow my commandments. What did he say the greatest commandment was? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love. Experience God's love and show God's love forth. But he said, I will give you another helper, the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Again, the world tries, let me see it, let me touch it, let me taste it, let me. But he said to Nicodemus, the spirit of God is like the wind. You only hear it in you only see the effects of it. You can't see where it's come from or where it's going. That's what it means as you're born again. And as you're maturing in Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells in you and he will be with you forever and he will not leave you as orphans. Amen? Amen. Back in Ephesians chapter four earlier, write this one down, 13 through 14. It says, till we come into the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to be a perfect person. Somebody say a perfect person. Perfect. When you read this word, it starts to give you a direction to go, and it says it's a light into your path and a lamp into your feet. God, he has a standard, right? Yes, we can come as we are. We need the cleaning up sometimes. That's why we need mercy, but there's grace, divine influence upon your heart and the ability to reflect God wherever you're at so that God has a projective and a target for you to hit. And he said that you would become a perfect person to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Somebody say, What? You know, they came up with a tape measure because all of these builders back in the days would measure by their hand. Your hand's bigger than my hand. Your hand's smaller than my hand. And all of a sudden, we got all these measurements that are different. And we got this building that's looking all kind of wonky. And somebody said, you know, we need a standard. We need a standard. So they made the measuring, the measurement, an inch. And now we're all cutting to the same standard. And now we can build something that's plumb and level. We still don't do that in California. Everything's out of plumb and out of square and out of level. Just saying. I guess it's because of the earthquakes. But God said, look, here's the standard. It's the measurement and the stature of Christ Jesus. Stop putting yourself down. 
Don't let the enemy tell you that you're less than. Don't let the enemy say, well, if you're a real Christian, you wouldn't be thinking these things. No, in the name of Jesus, I am a Christian. And I think because I have the mind of Christ, what God wants me to think about this situation. It's not going to hell in a handbasket. We're headed to what God has for us. We can clap. Hallelujah. I'll preach quicker if you clap an amen more. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried away by every envy and every wind of doctrine. But we should be carried by the Holy Spirit. Amen. I put that in my parentheses. The Holy Spirit wants to carry us in the wind of the Spirit. By the trickery of men and the cunningness and craftiness of deceitfulness. We should have a life of stability. Amen. We should have a life of integrity. Stability is another way to describe righteousness. And I love Pastor Phil's definition of righteousness. Righteousness is making the God choice continuously. If you could make the God choice last second, just a second ago, this is how simple it gets. If you could make the God choice last second, you could make the God choice this second. And you could make the God choice in the next second. And that's what it means to walk in righteousness, that you would continue to make the God choice, influenced by the Holy Spirit, being guided by the word of God, being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Integrity, being honest, strong morals, morally upright. Let's put on maturity this year. Let's move on into maturity. This is a call to be spirit-filled, spirit-empowered believers in Jesus' name. Amen? Not squabbling about the little things, but looking at your brother and your sister and saying, how are you doing? Is there anything I can be praying with you about? Have you gotten involved yet? How are you being an influence as God's influencing you? Let's move on to maturity and move past the little petty things. And the last one, don't get distracted. Somebody say, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted by my stutter. (laughs) Keep the main thing the main thing. Amen? Amen. Stay focused. The enemy will do everything that he can to try to distract you. He ultimately wants to take away your worship. The thing that sets human beings apart is we are created with the free will. And ultimately, when we choose to worship God, worship is not just a song we sing. That's important. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is a lifestyle. When you do, when you live a life of surrender and are obedient to the, to the word of God and obedient to the Holy Spirit, you live a life of worship. Yes, you may still be a teacher. Yes, you may be a professor. Yes, you may be a construction worker. You may be a stay-at-home parent. You may be whatever your occupation is. Do it as worship unto God and don't let the enemy tempt you to give up your worship. Jesus was tempted in the, in the wilderness in Luke chapter 4. And every time he was tempted, he used what? The word of God. He was tempted and he said, I don't live by bread alone, but I live by every word spoken from the mouth of God. When he was tempted to worship Satan and he said, it is written that you should worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Him only will we serve. Ephesians 15 and 16 says, speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things unto him, that's Jesus Christ, who is the head, Christ, from the whole body, joined together, knit together by every joint supplies, according to the effective work of which every part does its share, causing growth, somebody say growth, of the body for the edifying of itself in love. When we are in this place of not getting distracted, keeping the main thing the main thing, do you hear me when I'm saying that? There are a lot of minor things in life. There are a lot of minor things, even in your walk with God. You've got to keep the main thing, the main thing. 
And when we're in this place of being unified as a body of Christ, here and in the global picture of the body of Christ, there's a unity. Can I tell you that many times people say, well, I don't go to church because they're all hypocrites, or I don't get, you know, there's all those excuses. Do you not eat and go to the restaurant because that restaurant doesn't serve Mexican food? They're different. Let us be unified. Do you know the body? What would my body look like if the right side grew ahead of the left side? It grows together. It just knows how to do that. God, help us as we keep you the main thing. Things are going to work in your life. Your marriage will work. Your parenting skills will be supernatural. Hallelujah. Your job will seem better. You won't hate light. You won't feel numb. You won't be hardened in your heart. You won't be, you won't be blind. Things will work if you keep the main thing the main thing. This is a call to unity with Christ and with his body. Get involved. I said it earlier. Get involved. There's nothing that makes life easier than when you're in community. Where are my men of valor guys at? Talk about getting plugged in. If you are a man and you need some people around you, they're going to be hanging around. They'll get just, where are you at again, guys? Recognize if there's, a, if there's a man of valor guy around you, and if you're like, hey, I could use some guys in my life. Women, where's our women's ministry people at? Where's our women of influence? Raise your hand if you're involved in women of influence. Women, if you need somebody in your life and you saw a hand raised around you, get involved. And men, uh, we're going to have, not men, our young adults, we're going to have our first young adults Sunday night service, June 15th. Sunday night, 5 p.m. Come on, young adults. Where are you at? I've heard you talk about Thursday nights is too hard. I got studying. I've got my job. So we've moved it to Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Young adults. So I expect to see all of you here. There's no excuses now. I'm coming for you. Sorry, what did I say? Oh, June. Yeah, well, we're not waiting till June. We're, we're doing January. We're doing January. Sorry, you're like, oh, that's a long way away. And Kim, you blew us away last year at our Young Adults Retreat. So we're declaring in 23, well, the beginning of 24, you'll be with us again at our Young Adults Retreat. She was there last year for our Young Adults Retreat in uh, January. So just, who was there for that one? Where are my young adults at? They're just, yeah, it was amazing. But get involved. Wake up every day and put on the new you that is made in Christ Jesus. Amen? Did you hear me? Wake up every day. You're like, well, I'll be at church on Sunday. No, no, it's every day. The old, the old Nate wants to come back. But in Jesus' name, the new that is in Christ Jesus is so much more stronger, so much more powerful, so much more rewarding the lifestyle in Jesus Christ. I wanna end with this story of, my, of our son, River. River is, we have, we have the best kids, I'm just gonna say it. Abigail and River, they're amazing. And River needed a pacifier. Abigail, she's just strong. She's the father's joy. She's... She doesn't need any pacifier, although she still likes to sleep in between us. And at three in the morning, she comes in. So, but River needed a pacifier. And River, his, his adult teeth were starting to come in. And of course, in my mind, I'm thinking, I grew up sucking my thumb, so there was no pacifier needed. I had my thumb everywhere I went, school, home, car ride. I had it figured out but it messed my teeth up. I had expensive oral surgery. Like I said, my parents loved me. They, like, I have amazing parents. Yes, I got ducked into the chair when I needed to be. But they spent a ton of money on my mouth to give me this smile. Thank you, Mom and Dad. 
And so I'm in my mind, I'm thinking, man, this, he's got to stop sucking this pacifier. Like, this is going to, and then we go to the dentist. And of course, the dentist, you know, jumps on the parade of the band of bad news and is like, your kid, you know, River, he's got to stop sucking his thumb. He's going to mess his front teeth all up. And so Eric and I are hearing this. And we're like, what do we do? Like, now here's where this was at. River not only had one pacifier, we called it his lamby because it had the, like, the stuffed animal attached to it. So super cute when they're like tiny and you're like holding them. But as they get older, this is like, oh no, this kid's got like a stuffed animal hanging off of his face as he goes to the, I think we need to grow up now. And, but, and it makes it more pacifying because now it's not only is he getting sued, but he's like, oh, you know, this stuffed animal. So now he's got, he's got a lamb, he's got an elephant, he's got a giraffe, he's got a lion, he's got an eagle, he's got an adder. He's got like eight of these. I got pictures of him like sitting on the couch with eight of these we called him lammies, eight of his lammies. Like he wasn't giving this thing up. And in case he gave one of them up, he had eight others to back it up. And one day I'm thinking like, we gotta, like, this is hard. I'm Shunda Labeefin and Holy Spirit, you gotta help me. Like I need a revelation how to get this thing away from our kid. And I said, hey, you know, at Target, they've got Legos on sale for nine lammies. You take all nine of those lammies to Target. And I'm thinking, I'll figure this out later if I get him to say yes. I'm calling Target. Yo, my son's coming in with nine lammies. That's right. That's $80 Lego. <laughs> and so he's like, nope. So I'm like, oh. So the day went by, you know, birthdays come and go. And he's at the store and he's like, yo, dad, you know, can I have this Lego for your birthday? And then... I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. For nine lammies, you can have this one. Now I'm like, he's at the store. I may, I may have him in the moment. And he's like, nope. All nine of my lammies and me are going back out of the store and we're not trading them for nothing. So one day we get to, to church, hallelujah. It takes a community. He gets here and he gets a ring pop. <laughs> yes, we sugar your kids up, sorry. We want them to have fun with their at church. Sorry, but not sorry. <laughs> and they learn about Jesus because they're in a place that they are focused. And then we give them sugar as they go home. But we do tell them, ask your mom if you can have this. They probably never ask you, but we do tell them that. So they get the ring pop and Rivers, he's loving his ring pop. And I said, River at Target, they've got a whole bag of ring pops for sale for nine lammies. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, did they even sell ring pops at Target? <laughs> it's like, no, this is backfiring. And so sure enough, we go to Target and there's a bag of ring pops and he gives the lammies and takes the ring pops. And the thing I want you to know is many times, I'll just say in life, you've got to give up what you have to get what God wants you to have. You've got to put down the old. Come on, give God some glory. You've got to put down the old to receive the new. If you're full of you, there's no room for God. If you're empty of you, that's where God starts at. River put his faith. He knew we wouldn't hurt him. It wasn't easy. That night, he's like, Dad, where's my lammy at? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, buddy, that's what happens when you trade. When you gave your lammies up, you got the whole bag of ring pops. God has a reward for you. It's greater than ring pops. 
He wants you to be his son. He wants you to be his daughter. He wants you to move on into maturity. He wants you to put on the mature you. He wants you to not get distracted. As we um, sing this song, I want you to, everybody stand for just a few minutes. And this letting go of the old and moving toward the new is called repentance, surrender. And if there's a person in this place this morning that as we were talking about being born again, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to make that decision today. There's no better way to start out a new year than to start it out with God on your side. Let go of the old you. Take up the new you. Can I tell you what that's exactly gonna look like? I can't. But God loves you. You, personally, personally, intimately, and individually, God has loved you. He bankrupted heaven on your behalf. You know the greatest miracle of all is that he came to this earth to save you. That he so loved you The second greatest miracle is the person that says, I want a new life in Christ Jesus. If that's you this morning, I want you to lift your hand up in the air and say, Pastor, would you pray with me? Pastor, would you pray with me? Maybe you're a person that's in the room that says, hey, I wanna give my life to Jesus Christ. I've never prayed. I've never said, Jesus Christ, be my Lord and be my Savior. I've never confessed those words from my mouth. Can I tell you today that that starts with what's happened in your heart already. God's been working on you before you came in the doors today. And if that's you, I want you to slip your hand up in the air. That's okay. He came to the cross for you. He took on shame. He took on guilt. If that's you today, I want you to lift your hand in the air. Can we give it up for those that are raising their hand? It's a small price to pay to say, hey, that's me. I'll raise my hand. If you're a person that has raised your hand, I want us to pray with those today because it's Jesus Christ who has saved you today. At the cross 2,000 plus years ago, he shed his blood so that you who were a sinner could be forgiven of your sins. He who knew no sin took sin upon him so that you could be forgiven. Let's pray with those today, are you ready? And it's our prayer activated in faith with yours that you are saved. Father, in the name of Jesus, oh, we can do better than that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for coming through your son, dying for us, rising again, giving us life, giving us forgiveness, making us your child. I confess, Jesus Christ, you're my Lord. You're my savior. Forgive me of my sins. I repent from the old me and I turn to the new me, the new creation in Christ Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Somebody say, thank you for saving me. Jesus Christ, I am yours and you are mine forevermore. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God some glory. We're gonna sing this song. And as we sing this song, I want you to move. Here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to like run to the back. They're gonna take care of you as you leave. You're gonna get, but if you need to move forward in your life into maturity, if you need to move forward in your life to saying, I'm not gonna be distracted anymore by whatever may be, I want you to move forward in this room and I want you to come up here. And if you need prayer, if there are some people that could come forward first, if if there's some people that would come up here and pray as somebody may need prayer, I want you to come forward. Those of you that are saying, hey, I'll pray with somebody, I'll put, and 
As they come, I want you to be ready to pray. Just kind of keep your hand up so that they can see you. If somebody comes, and if you want to move forward and you need somebody to pray over you, and there's something that gets activated when you put a hand on somebody else, I want you to come forward while we're singing this song. And they're gonna, we're gonna just see God do what only He can do. As you let down the old you and you put on the new you, you let down the distracted you and you put on the focused you, you let down the immature you and you put on the mature you in Jesus' name. Let's sing it out. Jesus, hallelujah. We love you, Influence Church.